Almost there, so close. Hey, we're on the air. Hey, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Banff Podcast. Uh, this is our IGDN Spotlight, where we uh, highlight some of the publishers from the Indie Game Developers Network. And tonight we have Mr. James Kerr from Radio James Games. How you doing, sir? Hello, Mike. Th- I'm doing well, thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Well, it's good to have you. If you don't mind, I have this little musical intro that I'm contractually obligated to play. Oh, well, I, I, who am I to stand in the way of contracts? Uh, uh, protocol, sir. Above all else, protocol. Just one second. And that lovely musical introduction assures you, gentle viewer, that this is a high-quality production value podcast. Only the finest ethically sourced geeky conversation for your podcast listening pleasure. So, I do insist James, my geeky conversations are ethically sourced. They're ethically sourced. They're... they're <laughs> Good farm to table. <laughs> well, I guess I guess now you could. I, I everybody can fail the Turing test these days and have a geeky conversation with AI. So I, I guess there is such a thing now as not ethically sourced. Uh, um, it's frightening. It really, really is. I, I assure you, there is no AI involved in this podcast. There's just uh, uh, sad biological intelligence. Unless one of us isn't is just a really clever android. Uh, in, in which case, you know, it's possible one of us is a chat GPT powered animatronic, <laughs> <laughs> but Disney lawyers will be here momentarily to round us up and put us back in, you know, it's a small world or something. So, <laughs> to shut us Bye. down like a, like a preschool with a picture of Winnie the Pooh on it. Well, I guess not so much anymore, but that, that used to be, that used to be quite as long as you're not wearing the red shirt. I think that's, um, yeah. Yeah, the red looking, shirt for the, looking for the red shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Thus so we like, cleave A.A. Milne from Walt Disney. Yeah. So like uh, Steamboat Willie, Mickey Mouse, and Minnie Mouse are public domain now. But, you know, Mickey, who's not from Steamboat Willie, is, is not in public domain. Yeah. Hey, we're talking public domain. We should be talking about your game, sir. <laughs> well, so. you know, you want to talk about public domain, uh, you know, talking about my game. Uh, I'm sure there's a segue there. Uh, you know, I, 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 I did use a few historic photographs in it um because there's lots of fun ones and uh and as it was applicable so um yeah i, I am a fan of using uh, public domain art when when possible um, there is some cool stuff out there um i could see how martial arts would probably be the best way to do that or you know that kind of stuff because you know old-timey boxing matches that kind of thing i can see what kind of public domain art did you use Exactly that old timey do- uh, boxing matches and uh, pictures of martial artists from earlier in the century that are in public domain or have just been so long, like from the tw- from before nineteen think nineteen twenty eight is the cutoff date for this year, um, for under um, the American copyright structure. But uh, yeah, so th- things like that. Um, I managed to find well for fight to survive. I managed to find a picture of a Canadian olympic boxer that was public domain and so i put him in there um some judo throws things like that because they're always spicy judo throws anyway i'm not i haven't even talked about what the game is so hi, hi <laughs> i'm james hi. kerr from james radio kerr. james games i'm here to pedal uh i mean to tell you tonight about um my game this is this is fight to survive which is a game that came out last year 2023 and it is a tabletop role-playing game uh meant for a group of players to play over a long period of time uh, to be, do a, a martial arts epic. And it's mundane, it's it's down to earth, it's down and gritty, uh, fighting for yourself. And uh, you do that over over many, many, many campaigns. It's, or it's, not, it's not a one-off kind of game. It's a, it's a sink your teeth into kind of game. 
and then uh, that's done well. So I'm coming back again this year as of February 1st, the campaign goes live for solo martial blues, which is the solo version of fight to survive. Uh, and it's a brand new game. Um, yes, <laughs> it will not have pre-release <laughs> version on it. I probably had too much fun with that font, but, uh, uh, that's, that's the rough of it. It's going live on crowdfunder on February 1st. It's a solo version, like a one player version mm-hmm. of fight to survive role playing martial arts meets heart with a, um, simplified mechanics and taking you through 10 years of, well, hopefully we'll get to 10 years of adventure. I, th- I think I committed to the first six and then we'll see how much stretch goals, uh, extend the years. Yeah. Solo RPGs, um, I've always been looking askance at them, but they are, they are huge. Well, they, they kind of have to be right. Cause so much of it has to be, has to, has to go into it. Um, what, so, okay. I'll, I'll turn the tables on you, Mike here. What solo RPGs have you been into or what, what have you played or looked at Honestly, or, or have, bounced off? Right. Cause I that's also exactly legit. none. I have downloaded and read many, many solo and uh, uh, RPGs off itch.io. My favorite was coffee shop screenwriter. Mm, and mm. I even did my own hack of coffee shop, you know, pulp short story writer. Um, but um, it's probably just the way my brain is wired. I'm sure I got something uh, not quite typical with me, but um, I really need the back and forth, even when I'm writing. Um, that's why journaling games are tough for me, or even journaling in, in general. Um, I will often have someone talking to you and I am bouncing ideas off them and just the energy. I mean, the dopamine from the interaction is what keeps me going. And in a solo game, that is, it's a solo game. There's nobody but you in the book. So, um, absolutely. Now, do you, I'm sorry, I'm curious, do you read novels? Um, I used to read a lot of novels. I'm really busy these days. Um, so I listen to audiobooks. Okay. I mean, audio, I love audiobooks. Audio, audio is great. You know, radio, James Games, I'm, I'm very fond mm-hmm. of audio. Um, so I had a similar experience to you, Mike, which was, we're living in a kind of renaissance for solo tabletop role-playing games. And I kept bouncing off these great games that were done in a solo structure. So things like a thousand year old vampire or iron sword, people swear by them and they think they're wonderful, but a lot of them are story prompting games. And I, for myself, like I'm not, nobody has any bad, wrong fun. You know, Mm -hmm. if you, people are enjoying it, awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for myself, I needed more of a hook in order to keep me engaged in the text, in order to keep me going, because you only have the interaction of you and what you're reading on the page to make you want to keep turning that page. And so what Solo Martial Blues is, is it's less of a story prompt. Uh, It's somewhere between a kind of story prompt and a kind of choose your own adventure. And the idea is to make the segments as short and punchy and meaningful as possible, punchy, haha, mm-hmm. as meaningful as possible so that your play is propelled forward and that the bulk of interaction that's happening is between you and the text. So if you're familiar with uh, Fight to Survive, you've got the same kind of comforts. You've got things that you care about, but they're pre-prescribed. And you're not, this is not like reading a novel. You're not expected to go through, there's some stock photographs from a karate championship in the mid seventies in in Holland. Um, Anyway, you're not expected to go through pages and pages of, of material. You're just expected to read a little bit and then to respond to it kind of 
within you to reflect on what these things are that are happening and then to make hard choices going forward. So it's trying to send you into these situations where you have to fight your way out. Uh, but so it engages with the martial arts aspect of it, just like fight to survive. Uh, but you get into, um, since you're following the comforts that you contribute to, that's an earlier version of what became the cover. Mm -hmm. Since you're following the comforts that you really like, you're learning more about what's going on with them in small snippets because you don't want to, you don't want to lose people. You don't want to lose people's attention. You want to have everything in the book be a springboard mm -hmm. to action. That's a judo tournament from the sixties nice, that I found nice. photographs of. You know, I read a book a long time ago. It was, it was a writing manual and um, the guy talked about organizing your chapters and especially transitions between those chapters much the way you did. He wanted every ending part of a chapter to be a springboard that made the reader want to jump into the next one. So, you know, a lot of, you know, ending as the action's about to start or ending in such a way that the reader needs to know what happens next. Yeah. And I like, I don't mean to have my, uh, you know, conceptual head so far up my tabletop role-playing game designer behind, but, uh, but it was done with an awful lot of thought in terms of how do we get short, powerful, meaningful bits of information out that people want to respond to, uh, even if the response is happening just within them so that it's provoking things that are meaningful in order to inform the choices that are going on within the book to give them some kind of weight, because you don't want to set up a system of false choices where people feel like, well, why am I choosing things if I'm just going to end up back where I was? So mm -hmm. for instance, there's a number of different martial arts teachers in the book. Um, so the thing actually has to end up being pretty long, but you have different teachers and, and you never know what happens to the other four teachers that you didn't pick. Uh, but you do end up kind of weaving a martial tapestry as you go along. So these, again, you can see the pages that you're getting into now are the play pages. So there's a track running down the very mar end of the uh, sides of the book, mm -hmm. triggering different mechanical effects and telling you where you are. So to keep the the actual text and uh, uh, length of the book kind of down. So you know that when you hit a rest segment that you get to recover some health. You know that if you hit a train segment, you get to add to your moves. You know that you, et cetera, et cetera. So it helps, it helps hopefully it helps keep track of where you are and what's going on. And then- so is, it, is it kind of like those old fashioned game books where you're, you're literally playing as you turn the pages and you know, it's, add some elements of choose your own adventure because you're playing, you know, as you're reading. Yeah, absolutely. So it's okay. somewhere between a kind of choose your own adventure and like a story prompt, but almost also kind of neither of them. It, it's kind of its own beast. Uh, you know, it was originally developed as the stretch goal for the fight to survive Kickstarter mm -hmm. and circulated internally. I, I over promised a solo book and mm -hmm. uh, rather than the 50 pages I intended on, it became this 124 page complete document like so this mm -hmm. is the first three years and you could absolutely just play for hours and hours and hours and days and days that way um but i thought well people are responding to this so strongly let's mm -hmm. bring it to an audience beyond the original kickstarter backers uh so that's what prompted the crowdfunder that uh starts on february 1st is that you know people want this material mm -hmm. let's uh let's bring it out because solo solo books are hot right now and this is a very it's a weird book. It's a different way of doing it. There's not even any dice. <laughs> so um, 
if uh yeah it, so i wanted to do something unique and something interesting um i i, I it's not just uh what is it posturing calling myself radio james games i have a background in radio i spent more than 10 years in radio and i did a lot of script writing while i was doing that uh, a lot of dialogue writing and so for this project i really wanted to mix the kind of mediums of how information is communicated to bounce between dialogue with these npcs and small reflections of yourself that they can't they can't go on too long or that would get um, that would, that would start diving into novel territory and you don't want it to be a novel, uh, and then bits of interaction and bits of, uh, of, of, of fighting so that the, so that there's tension overall, so that there's a lot of variety of what's going on and you feel like you want to keep going along with what's going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought the project had legs when somebody phoned me and told me that, uh, it was traumatizing. <laughs> okay. I'm trying. I'm trying not to be like too down and dirty because it, it's it plays into genre conventions, right? About oh, mm -hmm. you're you're a lonely martial artist. It's you against the city. Everything's out to get you, and that mm -hmm. isolation and uh, you know fun romantic notions like that uh, that are still <laughs> very real, like economic oppression and, and whatever else. And uh, there's a scene in the book where you run into a burning building to try and save someone. Mm -hmm. uh, and every single floor that you're going up looking for them, like you go through horrible, uh, you have to jump through flames and walk on beams and whatever. And there's just a slight element of the fantastic going on here. You, people can't actually run into burning buildings, but every floor it asks you, do you want to leave? Mm -hmm. do, do you want to just, and you can keep playing the game after this mm -hmm. point, but like, do you want to leave the burning building and leave the person that you're looking for to die and just go? just by asking that question every floor whether or not people are going to pick that raises the tension substantially and as you find that you've got less and less health to work with mm -hmm. and you're closer and closer to death you may reach the point at which you're you're considering more and more and more every floor you hit do i need to leave this burning building in order to survive or is it better to die in a burning building trying that is really cool to be able to craft that kind of encounter that gets that sort of reaction from your playtesters. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I uh, so when I'm getting, uh, I don't want to say angry emails, but like <laughs> emails of like, how could you such and such NPC died because I couldn't save them? Then it's a, uh, it's a good sign. So I thought, well, I did this much work for the Kickstarter backers to give them something really complete. I, you know, over promised and over delivered. So why not let it take on new life? So crowdfunder, uh, I'm new to the platform. I haven't mm -hmm. been on the platform before, uh, but we're going to do a crowdfunder uh, for a print on demand uh, run of solo Marshall blues. I got Steven Wu to do the cover and to do a bit of the, it, like you'll notice there's only a couple full page bits of art in here. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm hoping to substantially, cause that was whatever was in the former Kickstarter budget. Yeah. I'm hoping to substantially expand his art because anything I can get him to do the better. He's great. Uh, mm -hmm. and he did the cover, which is a super cool cover. He added those flames recently and I'm like, yes, this is exactly <laughs> more flames, more moonlight. Uh, 
and uh, I'm looking forward to getting getting him to draw all kinds of other things. He's, he has too many credits to list, uh, but pr- perhaps most prominently, he did uh, interior art for Jinkashi Blood at the Banquet Hall. I don't think I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it was a I, it was distributed through Wedding Games. It's a mm-hmm. great, great, great game, and uh, and yeah, I hope this is in some way comparable. So, eh, 200 pages. I'm going to try and keep it as slim and pocket as possible, but 200 pages, mm-hmm. five and a half by eight and a half. And away we go. And again, the first 124 pages are done. I only have like 40, 50 pages left to lay out. I've already written the material. So it's just a case of uh, of polishing it up and then saying, ah, okay, here's our budget. Let's see how much art we can squeeze in here. Fair enough. And just for any uh, listeners who might not be able to see the banner we have come across the bottom, um, I made a tiny URL because the crowdfunder URL was kind of large and unwieldy to say out loud. So it's... Uh, tinyurl.com slash solo martial rpg all running together and that will take you right to the crowdfunder page and this launches i want to say very soon right yep february first so it's just just a few days from this recording date and it runs throughout the month of february which i know is a crowded month uh until it gets to um march 1st march 1st is when it closes yeah Mm -hmm. Okay, so why can I ask why you chose crowdfunder over um, to Kickstarter or backer kit? Um, well, I mean, no discredit to Kickstarter, and I plan to do other Kickstarters. Um, I've done three Kickstarters. Um, it's just uh, backer kit is not particularly friendly to something doing something through Canada, and mm-hmm. uh, crowdfunder is, uh, and also. Crowdfunder has a, a different pricing model. They don't charge creators anything they just leave out a tip jar for people who are uh funding and i really liked the way the crowdfunder laid out where all the money is going because when you submit something you also have to say how much is it costing you Mm. so when you're backing it you know exactly how much is being spent on everything so you know where your money is going completely you know oh oh i'm going to volunteer this much to go to crowdfunder and this much goes to radio james games and this much is going to the actual book itself in order to get it made and this one so it's um i really thought that the breakdown of uh sorry i've got a cat tail in my my cat has come to, to visit uh i didn't just sprout a tail but uh the breakdown was really telling uh and i thought you know i don't really want kickstarter to be the only game in town mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> let's uh i think a little bit of competition and crowdfunding will be good mm-hmm. uh so we'll give this a chance and also um jessica jessica Macram just funded oops all the draculas through crowdfunder oh, so nice. i thought well this is a comparable kind of project it's not huge this kind of book mm-hmm. um you know it's it's pretty weird it's pretty niche like already fight to survive is pretty niche so uh Let's see if we can get some traction on here. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, yeah, it would be nice for a Kickstarter to have some more um, substantial uh, competition than maybe they have today. So yeah, I mean, Packer Kid is is doing a great job of catching up, and mm-hmm. uh, um, Game Found maybe not so much. Uh, yeah. But there are other there are other platforms, and I think it. it not that I'm. I'm not saying raw raw capitalism at all, but <laughs> but a little bit of competition is uh, it can be good for a space like this to open yeah, it up. Great. I was always surprised that uh, Drive Through RPG didn't try to um, 
leverage their, their market position. You know, I, I'm surprised too, but also it's taken like what, seven years for that new site rollout to happen through one bookshelf? At least seven years. So, yeah. And, yeah. and like, which they only are, I don't know. I don't want to speak ill of drive through RPG. Like half of my <laughs> book sales happen through drive through oh, yeah. RPG. I, no, it's, it's uh, a lot of but, good things with the platform, but yeah, they, they move slowly. Well, I think they're comfortable, right? Because they have such a good market lead. They don't really need to do much more than maintain what they got, right? Um, yeah. Their closest pro competition are things like itch.io and uh, what is it, Lulu? You know, I don't, I don't know, I don't use that one. But Fight to Survive is up on Drive Through RPG. It's up on itch.io, and it's up on the Canadian marketplace, uh, Compose Dream Games. Compose yeah. Dream Games. It's up on there. So, oh, as as well on Indie Press Revolution. So it it's you know, there's there's quite a bit of stuff going. There are there is a more of a spread out marketplace than Kickstarter because Kickstarter is just the gorilla, right? It's like Burr. so. Whenever you're using anything that's not Kickstarter, you have to field the comment of like, "Why didn't you use Kickstarter?" Yeah, I made a choice. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I I plan to go back to Kickstarter for other things, but like I think um, Kickstarter has lost in some ways like i'm being generous kickstarter is lost in some ways the idea of it kickstarting projects kickstarter mm -hmm. is more of a pre-model ordering system or like a yeah. right it's a pre-sale so you have to have something done when you go to kickstarter and then if you've got a proven track record and you've already got it done people are, are more likely to fund you which is directly contrary to what the point of kickstarter was supposed to be now I say that I come from a traditional publishing background and I'm paranoid. So of course it's done before I go to crowdfund <laughs> because I don't yeah, yeah. want to have to do it and find out the problems or the hurdles that might happen afterwards. Like, I don't want to find that out after people have given me money, but I mean, that was the idea. That was the idea behind crowdfunding is, Hey, I have an idea. Can somebody give me money to develop this idea, which may or may not succeed, but people don't want to, people want to use it as a pre-order method, which, which makes sense because they want the thing that they want and they want to know that it's done and then they want to get it. I get that. Yeah, but, but as Kickstarter moves more and more towards pre-order and even huge companies, like, well, relatively huge companies within the space, like Magpie are, are using it just to take their name in vain, just one name in vain. Well, I, I can abuse them because the Avatar Kickstarter got, you know, umpteen million dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but if, if they're going to use that, then I maybe other platforms, if we give them a little bit more strength, are, are going to fulfill the idea of like real indie stuff, of really like, I have an idea, I just can't fund it. Because like I've been in this game for a little while, um, this solar Marshall blues will be my ninth published tabletop role playing game. Mm -hmm. Most of the stuff I've done has been through other publishing houses, but I, I broke away off on my own and founded my own publishing house and did uh, fight to survive. But a lot of people can't do that or don't have that history because you need to spend X number of dollars to have a cover, to make a video, to have some interior art, to do some layout assets. And you need these things before you can even consider making a crowdfunder so people uh people are in the hole <laughs> before they start asking for money which yeah. some people yeah. can afford to be and some people can't and if if you are a business then you mm -hmm. can manage that a little bit better but then you're talking about you can only crowdfund 
people who are already established businesses. That's not, that's not what we were, that's not what we were on about in the first place. And I'm a big proponent of amateurism. I want my stuff to look as glossy and fancy as possible, but I'm a big proponent of amateurism. Mm -hmm. uh, shameless plug for the Indie Game Developer Network. I'm the membership mm -hmm. coordinator. We are a nonprofit international organization of tabletop role-playing game publishers who um, collect ourselves together to be like a stack of publishers in a trench coat. And then, then we can walk around a little bit mightier, uh, you know, making distribution deals with ACD and uh, having a, a collective. And I think the best part of it actually is the ability to ask dumb questions is to say, hey, my printer said that they needed this. What the heck is it? What What are they talking about? Oh, don't worry about it. That's this and this and this and this and this. Just that alone. And convention support. So you can get, I'm in Canada. I'm in a small town. I don't drive. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so through the Indie Game Developer Network, uh, my book, Fight to Survive, and hopefully Solo Marshall Blues, if, if the crowdfunder goes all to plan, uh, can be distributed throughout conventions by the Indie Game Developer Network, uh, which is outrageous. So if you're a small indie tabletop role claim game publisher, it would be foolish not to join the IGDN. <laughs> like it's it uh, because the really benefits, up, yeah. the benefits are 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 bonkers, tremendous. If you, if you know what they are, if you understand why that's so important, because otherwise I'd have to put books in my I'd have to learn how to drive and then I'd have to put books in my trunk and drive through all of these uh, United States cities and buy ta a table at a convention, which, you know, Gen Con alone is like it's three or four grand for a table, right? Yeah. And then, true. and then sell the wares. So how can we do this in a more indie friendly way that's accessible to people uh, and accessible in many different ways of the, of the, of the term? Uh, so joining the indie game developer network is great, and you can you can look up them up you can look them up on igdnonline.com, which is scrolling helpfully across the bottom of the screen here. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I should have, I could have been reading this whole time. Uh, yeah, so Solo Marshall Blues will hopefully be available through them. Uh, I haven't even asked the IPR yet, but hopefully they'll be <laughs> through them as well. And uh, away we'll go. We just need to fund. Uh, so February 1st is the kickoff and then March 1st, I'm closing it. So it's a month long crowdfunder. Take it or leave it all or nothing. We're going to fight, fight our way through this one. Once again, for those folks listening on iTunes or Google podcasts, we're at tinyurl.com slash solo Marshall RPG. We'll take you to the crowdfunder site and um, 30 days starting in, uh, February 1st. So please check it out. Back James is a good guy. Uh, Fight to Survive was a fun game. Really enjoyed reading it. And I'm sure this one's going to be a, a great read as well. So check it out. So um, any closing thoughts? Because that sounded awfully final just now. I didn't mean it to. <laughs> it did. It just I was like, okay, I guess I'm gone. No. Um, closing thoughts. Uh, crowdfunding is great. People gripe about it a lot and say, oh, it's so hard to get my thing crowdfunded only because it's stressful to try and do the hype machine, right? It's stressful to try and draft a press release. It's stressful to try and email people to ask if they want to review your book, etc. But so long as there's people like you, Mike, in the industry who are willing just to volunteer their time to say, hey, do you want to come on my podcast and talk about your thing? Everything gets a lot easier. And crowdfunding 
is not so very hard. I, I knock on wood, not so very hard. Uh, because you're just saying, hey, community, I've got this cool thing that's done or almost done. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just need some money in order to do it. Here is how exactly the money is being spent. <laughs> so you know everything that's going on, fully transparent. Would you like to support this? Would you like to make this real? Yeah. Right. It can definitely feel like a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah. No, emotionally, emotionally, it's a roller coaster, but you know, it's, it's honest, like it's honest and it's clean and it's, and it's good. You're like, I, you're saying, I'm going to do this artistic work. Here's how organized I am about this artistic work. And here's where all the money is going. Um, do you think that's worthwhile? And if you think it's worthwhile, then, then you value art by, by putting money into it. And, uh, I mean, I know I shamelessly back, probably too many <laughs> crowdfunding endeavors um, just because it seems like such a cool idea at the time. So I hope yeah, some I, other people will, will feel that the solo martial blues, a solo martial arts street fighting game also sounds like a cool idea to them. Uh, can I ask you a question about your character sheet? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so this is interesting. What's going on here? Well, I had to rejigger the character sheet from, uh, solo from fight to survive. Uh, you see, it still is titled solo versus at the top, which is what the yeah. kind of pre-release version was. So on the left, uh, on, on the upper part, you have vital information about your character, like, um, the martial art they're studying or what they're dressed as. And then the build runs across the top mm -hmm. and you just check mark one of those, the smaller you are, the faster you are, the bigger you are, the harder you hit. And then down the left-hand column, you've got the standard moves, grapple, punch, kick, block, and footwork that you put some technique into, which is how well you can perform that. And then the little checkmark boxes are force, which is how hard the aggressive moves hit. Now, each of those moves, uh, which are standard to all martial artists in this structure, uh, correspond to other statistics. Like for grapple is also your strength, and for punch is your heart. And for mm -hmm. kick is your flash, like being flashy. For block, mm -hmm. it is scheme. And for footwork, it's evade. Mm -hmm. So with those, with those, you solve all conflict. Okay. Now the comforts That's... are what's on the right-hand side. These are the, the people, the places, and things that you care about. Mm -hmm. Now in Fight to Survive, you get to completely come up with those and come up with them with your GM and work with other uh, PCs. But in for the sake of this being able to go forward and not being as much of a story prompt game, you have them written in. So you know that Judy Herrera is your pen pal. You know the place that you're going to go to that you're going to care about is the great grocery. And you know that you have some things that were given to you. But you still are assigning a value to them. And you're determining how much you care about them, both during character creation and as you play. So periodically it will say, Spend some time with your comfort, getting to know your comfort, raise it by one, and then gives you a little blurb. Like you went out with Judy, Judy Herrera to a, uh, a milkshake place and had a nice milkshake and made fun of people that you were people watching, for instance, boom, you know, or, or you spent time working at the great grocery and it wasn't so bad. The, the lettuce seems to not be as heavy today, boom, you know, <laughs> and then, so the, the idea is you're building these relationships as you're reading. And then along the bottom is your track for health and hardship. If you exceed health, you're out of the game. If you exceed hardship, you're out of the game. Uh, in health, you're dead. In hardship, you say, yeah, forget about it. I don't want to be part of this. 
anymore. I'm, I quit fighting. I renounce. I'm going to lead a peaceful life. I'm going to go wander the earth like Kwai Chen Kane or something. Um, maybe that's not the best example because he gets and walk away down the alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then down the center column, you've got some quick and dirty reference rules because I had some extra space on this character sheet mm -hmm. uh, to help you with determining how fights go. So mm -hmm. it's it's immediately understandable. So you should be able to print this off and have it beside you and have the book or the uh, you know, on tablet or or uh, a phone or whatever and be able okay. to go through the pages properly as you're marking different things off because so much on this character sheet changes and shifts and evolves as you play. Um, you know, I could probably talk to you for a solid hour about your, your game design on this because this is really fascinating to me. Um, this is a purely visual chart that will not, I mean, I can communicate this to our listeners. Um, but you've got a uh, a grid of letters uh, for your move reference here, and yes. I'm thinking these all correspond to the moves. There's kicks, blocks. Um, yeah. So the idea is that when you're getting into a fight in the text, you don't know what your opponent is going to do. You mm -hmm. have to pick your moves ahead of time. You're like, mm -hmm. I think I'm gonna block and maybe punch, and I'll also punch again. There we go. Okay, I have those three moves. You're given a code on the page as to how your enemy response so if you know if, if so you get to sit there and sweat and be like well if i block and he tries to grab me that could go badly uh, uh uh okay i'll block so you say you block and then you look up the code in the back of the book and be like oh it turns out he punched and then you get to celebrate and say yes your punch cannot beat my block that's great and then you go back and forth in the exchange of moves and find out who wins so every fight in a way gets to be different because you're always approaching it as a different person or as a different character or from a different attitude, as long as you don't have an outrageously good memory of what their moves were. Uh, but yeah, so the code kind of buries what the moves are and acts as so a handy is, reference. Is this sort of the random, the randomized randomization element for the game or that's, that's kind of the, the randomized. I mean, if there isn't a randomized element in the game. Just like in Fight to Survive, there isn't an, a random element. It's all about choice. It's all about hard choices. But this kind of mimics the random element in attitude. Because mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if the thug who's trying to steal your wallet in mm -hmm. the back alley uh, in front of the grocery store who's thought you were an easy mark. You don't know mm -hmm. if he's going to take a wild swing at you with his fists or if he's just going to leg it and take off. You know, you, you don't know if he's going to try and turtle up and block in order to to mute all of your moves or moot, I guess, all of your moves or, or if he's going to come out kicking. Um, you get hints in the text to try and read between the lines as best as you can. But, but again, the whole point is to keep information light and breezy, keep things moving, keep things changing, keep people engaged. Uh, you're, you're not guaranteed to win these fights <laughs> and sometimes it's more fun when you lose uh but the game is tough and uh because you're tough because you're a fighter a tough fighter person <laughs> all right this looks like a lot of fun uh once again folks tinyurl.com slash solo martial rpg it'll be going live on february 1st check it out uh james always a pleasure having you on sir thanks for chatting with us well thank you so much mike it was a pleasure to be here Right. And uh, that's the end of our show tonight, folks. Catch us next time on the band podcast. There's an awkward moment before.